Hello and welcome to Mediums in Action and a very special episode celebrating the 175 uh, year anniversary of the birth of spiritualism. On March 31st, 1848, strange and unexplained sounds were heard in a small village of Hydesville in New York. A small family of four, the Foxes, moved into a new house and soon began to hear peculiar noises. These sounds included rappings, scratchings and other unexplainable noises that seemed to come from the walls and floors. The Fox family couldn't find any rational explanation for these sounds and decided to seek help from their neighbours. Their attempts to find a source of these noises were completely futile. Eventually, the family's two youngest daughters, Kate and Margaret, or Catherine and Margareta, claimed to have made contact with the spirit of a man who had been murdered in the house. So this is the beginning of spiritualism, Ian. And, and it's amazing that it's 175 years as well. Absolutely, oh, absolutely amazing. And so, so what happened when they start? They started to hear the sounds, the bangs. I mean, it sounds like a typical sort of poltergeist or, or kind of, well, a typical poltergeist or type sort of ghost story. Yeah, really. yeah, it does. You know, the rapping and the banging. You know, where, and you got to think. Well, I think they when 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 John and Margaret, that's the mum and dad. You know, asked for all the neighbours around. They wanted to, you know, I say to find something out. But I think they also wanted a little bit of, are we going mad? Is it really us? Is it something going on? You know, the, it just went from there. The banks were, you know, the raps were answering questions and all sorts, you know. And uh, I think from there, that, that gave the courage, this needs to go out. You know what I mean? It needs to be out there. I just find it really, really fascinating. However, it was forecast by... Andrew Jackson Davis in 1846 and Swedenborg he was talking of it you know in the in the 18th century Emmanuel Swedenborg and what so, do you, what do you mean by that so who was Andrew Jackson Davis um, Andrew I'm not quite sure what what he actually did I think he was studying mesmerism um and it came over where he had a message saying that in 1848 there will be great I can't, and this is from memory rather than having notes in front of me, folks. Okay, um, there'll be a great uh, sort of accord into the into the world where we will make our we as in spirit will make ourselves known to the known to the world. And it was almost two years to that month when modern spiritualism was born. So, after Andrew Jackson Davis, I'm not quite sure what context that because I've uh, I haven't really I haven't refresh my mind since my uh diploma course into spiritualism um, i'm just looking now ian and he was a seer i mean obviously we're talking 1848 oh, was he the plow plow yeah plow for i think oh, yes. the americans are shouting at us now all our american listeners are going what is it do you know yeah. it, it's a word and it's mentioned in french the french connection movie and mm-hmm. and I, I, I always forget how you say it. I think it's puff yeah. puff keepsy. I think. Yeah, it's also in the Silence of the Lambs. That river. Is it? I mean, it's. Uh, it, he was the plow keepsy killer. Uh, right. Interesting. He was an early seer, and, and it's interesting. Before sort of eighteen forty eight, you know, kind of there was no such thing as spiritualism. No. And and therefore people were obviously either classed as as witches. Or people were classed as seers, or there was kind of no sort of terminology, I suppose, existed yeah. before that time. You've studied spiritualism far more than myself, and I mean, I should imagine, and I certainly noticed from you know delving into the archives, you know, people were terms like clairvoyancy and 
and and I suppose spiritism with Andrew Kardec as well. That that didn't yeah. come until till after as well. Twenty, I think it was twenty five years afterwards. So yeah. it was a real groundbreaking uh, incident or series of incidents that was actually foretold by not only I suppose we would call him a spiritualist now by Andrew Jackson David, but also by Swedenborg who, and he was kind of like a philosopher, wasn't he? He was kind of yes. a theologian philosopher and and i've kind of come across him quite a few times but um i think what interests me ian is is the bangs and the knocks and i think i mean from your perspective as a spiritualist why were the girls chosen because i feel that they were chosen for a reason why would you choose two girls living in the middle of nowhere literally and how did it i mean just how the ball started rolling on this is just incredible well I did a little bit of further reading, and it turns out that their grandmother um, was also mediumistic, and she was termed as a somblist, you know, a sleep a sleepwalker. But she adequately, you know, she correctly, almost to scary point, um, she used to go to um, phantom funerals, people who haven't dead yet, you know, and she would come, she would wake up, rouse up, she would say, "Who was at the funeral? The order of service? Who was the?" the vicar, the priest, whatever, and it all come to bear exactly as she said. So it's in the gene in the in the genome, you know, because it skipped the it skipped a level. So it went from grandmother to granddaughters. So that is that is one reason. The other one is is that in our modern day and age there's mobile phones, the internet, you know, there's Xboxes, there's everything in that day and age there wasn't so family spent time with family you know we you know people might sat around the dinner table they might be singing and you know religious songs whatever but it was more of of a harmonious level and as you said it's out in the middle of nowhere so that is that is perfect so Catherine and Margareta they must have had the degree of psychic sorry mediumistic ability and that is how it was able to come able to come through and i think i think for me is is obviously these things were happening there, there was the unexplained sounds there was knockings there was moving of furniture so it almost sets a template for uh, for poltergeist because yes if i if i read if i read that to let's say a modern day ghost hunter who was not aware of the hydesville hauntings before it became obviously spiritual communication, I I could have read there the Enfield haunting that happened in the 1970s in, yes. in the UK. Now apparently the house had a reputation of being haunted before they moved in, but it really kicked off because obviously Catherine or Kate was was ele- she was 11, and Marguerite Margareta or Maggie as she was known was 14. So again that is very very similar to what yeah. you know has happened since is there's countless cases which we've discussed on the podcast where young girls sort of pubescent prepubescent age seem almost as a trigger for poltergeist activity yeah. within the house yeah definitely but how much yeah. do you think it's psychokinesis and how much do you think is actually i think there must have been some because you you could imagine because they they moved there december the 11th 1847 and it was known to be haunted but Nothing was going on until the March, really. Um, but I think if you, you know, from that point of view, if they were religious, if they went to church regularly, then they'd automatically be thinking, oh, it's the devil. What's going on? So I think, to be honest, some of it must have, some of it must have been. I don't feel it was. Would you call it conscious? Or let's trick people. Let's get this to move. Let's ask the spirit to move that. 
I do feel it went from fear to genuine intrigue, you know, particularly when other people coming around and being open to it, you know, and getting information. We all like it, like to be told information about us. It makes us feel better, you know. So you're looking at that sort of sense there, really. I think it went from fear through to intrigue. And and also as well is is often not described is is that they were surrounded by well the family were were Methodists so had a strong religious background yeah also as well is they were surrounded by Quakers as, as well mm-hmm. uh, so there was a very very strong religious element within Hydesville so for a, a young you know, for a young family obviously Leah wasn't living at home at that time. But you've got Catherine and Margaret, Margareta. You've got John and Margaret, the parents, who were telling neighbours about these these things that were happening. And then, and then obviously, what tends to happen with these events is they obviously escalate. And then on December, sorry, December, and then on March the thirty first, which is obviously the birth of spiritualism, is this is when Kate challenged the invisible noisemaker or the spirit. Yeah. And she snaps her fingers and it and it replied back. Yeah. So it, it kind of copied her snap. So she snaps the fingers twice and two snaps come back. Yeah. Then the neighbours were called called in and together they start to do a signa- this signification of yes and no. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, we can see where this is all going. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of it's typically exactly what most ghost hunters do at a weekend in the haunted castle <laughs> yeah. or, or haunted jail in, in the in the US. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was the birth of spiritualism, is that what they were talking. Now, the interesting thing for me is that they actually said that the spirit, the, the girls used to call him Mr. Splitfoot, which a splitfoot is a hoof. So mm-hmm. it's a nickname for the devil. And I find that really interesting that they yeah. were actually calling him Mr. Splitfoot and they must have known that was a, you know, kind of a nickname yeah, for the devil. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, again, it touches onto that religious significance, and maybe that would maybe the parents actually thought they were dealing with some sort of demon yes. or, yeah. or, or or the devil himself. Yeah, I mean, I found you know reading reading about it, obviously, you know, is that that kid was pretending to clap her hands and would still get the same amount of noise for her pretend clap. So you're looking at signifies and intelligence behind the rappings because not only is the rapping supposedly hearing, it's seeing what, you know, what the person is doing, you know, pretending to clap hands and still coming up with that same amount, you know. And one of the things as well, there was in, there was a lot of evidence given to the neighbours that the children, you know, column children, 11 and 14, um, that they would not have prior knowledge. You know, it's commonly put over, you know, as having Margareta, Katie, it was David and Leah, uh, Leanne, I think Leanne, they're called Leah. Um, and there was one child that was that was that died before the two girls were born. Um, and in the Victorian age, as it is in the uh, UK, if a child dies, they don't talk about it. So the children would have no knowledge of it yet. It was evidenced. And, and that's not often brought forward. I, th- I think that's yep. something that always gets me about a lot of these cases is there's always that simple presumption that yeah. a case is for fraudulent or and on face value, if you read, I don't know, let's say the Wikipedia of the Fox Sisters or, or any paranormal sort of case on online, that there is this you know, kind of massive sort of uh, you know, explanation of reasons why without actually looking at the original incidents. And, and I think what's interesting for me is very similar, again, to other poltergeist 
activities is often you get this sort of negative connotation and then and then there is sort of i want to say not not real but well i suppose real communication with the spirit and that's what happened with mr splitfoot he suddenly you know they suddenly start calling him an, a name which is charles b rosner yeah and that he was a peddler who'd been murdered five years earlier and was buried in in the cellar now arthur conan doyle uh, now he says claimed, and I hate the word claimed, but Arthur Conan Doyle investigated this case. He was absolutely fascinated with it. Obviously, Arthur Conan Doyle was the uh, Sherlock Holmes writer and, and wrote many more books and stories. But he was he became fascinated in spiritualism, and he discovered that neighbors actually did dig up the cellar and apparently find a, a few pieces of bone. However, the skeptics will say, well, there was no missing person named Charles B. Rosner. I'd like to say in 1848, I think a lot of people would go disappearing and nobody knew who they were yeah. or yeah. they would find bodies and have no idea who they were. There was no identification. There was no nothing like today. So to say, well, there was no Charles B. Rosner, it, you know, that, that you can't say that because the records at that time were pretty terrible. In well, the USA and yeah. also in the UK, to be honest. Yeah. Well, when you when you look at it, when they when they moved the the house or the cottage, the shack, even then they then they found bones interred within the walls. Apparently, the walls were quite thick. And again, it's a wall in the cellar that was a false wall, and they found skeletal remains there. But of course, skeptics said it was chicken bones. I mean, there's a big difference between chicken bones and a thin person chicken bones chicken bones yeah 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 and it's interesting i think you know kind of obviously the news must have spread that uh, obviously the story of the fox sisters their supposed communication with the dead and and interesting what happened was it is instead of if a hundred years before if that had have happened i would have thought the children would have been almost the children and the family would have been run out of town that they were yes. you know they were evil or you know or they were communicating with the devil. But the fascinating thing for me, and 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 again, you know, kind of researching in the archives, histories of go, uh, history of the ghosts and, and and communication with spirit, is is eighteen forty eight is the a really strange time where it's a gap where there is a massive change in not only ghost belief but also spiritual communication. So outside of this, things were changing anyway. But the Fox sisters become very well known and apparently communicating with with Charles. And then people start coming to the house and start, you know, asking them questions and and, and start asking them to communicate with their deceased loved ones. Yeah, it's I mean, it's 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 what lived, what led to the movement eventually coming over to the UK in 1852. Elizabeth Maria Hayden, I believe, you know, all comes over no matter how much the skeptics are because so yeah obviously so kate and margarita margareta then become almost traveling mediums don't they and and they start to influence people uh, they start you know kind of certainly interestingly with quakers a lot of quakers really got involved with the early yeah. spirit spiritualists that they became spiritualists so part so, christian uh, weren't it yeah there's a lot of spiritualist churches in the UK because they can't get a church church. They meet in the Quaker Hall. The Quakers say, come on in, come on in. They can't help them enough. And, and Quakers are, are very open to other people's beliefs, which is which, yes. which is absolutely fantastic. And, and, and my local Quaker meeting house regularly has Buddhist meditation sessions mm. that you can go there. But I think what's interesting is, again, I think this was 
you know, kind of you've got the industrial revolution, you've got yeah. people's beliefs. And I think when you look at spiritualism, you, you've got it's led by obviously you've got these two young girls communicating um, with spirit within 16 months. They are then de- demonstrating spiritual rapping. So a lot of their communication was was the knocks and the bangs. Yeah. Um, so they would be sat at that table. It was almost like a seance. And then there would be taps or knocks in reply to their questions. Yeah. And, and that's 1849. Yeah. It massively influences all these famous people of the time, including that lady who you just mentioned. I forgot what her name was. Elizabeth Maria Hayden. That's it. So she is influ- massively influenced by, yeah. by Kate and Margarita. And within four years, she's in the UK. Mm-hmm. In the north of England, and she influences. Now, this is what I really find interesting: is spiritualism kind of gets lumped in with radical political causes, such as abolition, mm-hmm. temperance, and then and also equal rights for women and also workers. So, the first spiritualist church in Britain, or the spiritualist gathering, was in Keithley, right yeah. in the melting pot of all of that, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, but it is. You know, um, I think that's what it's, you know, what the movement has done. You know, I do feel in just going back to something you said earlier, why 1848 is exactly what you said, the Industrial Revolution, everything wanting to change. You know, people wanted to stand up and say, I want answers. Do I do I believe the Bible? Do I believe this religion? Do I believe that faith? I want answers. I want questions. So it's got people to speak and and demand things more so it could be you know not just moving the industry forward but moving humankind forward yeah and and interestingly keithley what so so a lot of our us and and australian and overseas listeners may not be aware of where keithley is situated but it's right in the heart of where all the old cotton mills were all the mills that were producing fabrics and and they were terrible areas really to be honest because These buildings could be six, six, seven floors high, and they would be as big as a a football field. And you would have all these machines, uh, weaving machines that were semi-automated and people would lose their hair. They they would lose their fingers. They'd be killed. They would have to work in almost worse than prison. And that was saying something in the in the 1840s. And Keithley was right in the middle there. So a lot of these people who were there living in Keithley had come from the farms, had come from you know rural areas to seek money, to you know to try and earn more money, and they could do that in the mills. But by the 1840s and the 1850s, people were beginning to say this isn't a life. And things like temperance. So temperance is you know kind of living a non-alcoholic life, really, not drinking. <laughs> You've got abolition. You've then also got equal rights for women because, again, women were treated incredibly, incredibly poorly, still didn't have the vote at that time. And and spiritualism goes right into the middle, obviously, you know, kind of started by two young girls and then obviously how it influenced from there. Just hit. And I, I think, again, the right time. And and then it spread from there. I mean, I mean, the spiritualist, ch- I mean, the spiritualist church, I'd say about 50 years ago, must have must have been huge in the uk i mean it's far yeah. less now but it was a real movement yeah. within society yeah without a doubt. 
yeah, some of the churches, Leicester particularly, they were massive churches. You know, you could sit 500, 1,000 people in there easily. I, I don't know off the top of my head how many specialist churches per se there are. Go to SNU, that's Sierra November Uniform, and have a look at the churches. There's... There's, there must be about 60 of them, which might not seem a great deal, but that's only the ones affiliated with the Spiritist National Union. And then you've got all the ones who are taking place in village halls, in Quaker halls or meeting halls. There's, there's absolutely, it's absolutely immense over, over, over in the uh, UK. Funny enough, not as rife over in the US. But interestingly, in, in the US, it took, it took Alan Kardec almost to kind of break the US really strangely. I think the problem is with the US, um, and, and this is something that I observed really when when I wrote my book, 50 Real American Ghost Stories, sorry, that's a, a, a little plug there, but when I wrote my book, uh, 50 Real American Ghost Stories, I decided to, I've not only got ghost stories in there, but there are some sp- stories about spiritualism in there, but there also as well is about some of the, the fake photography that happened. And I think a little, something that happened differently in the US compared to the UK and probably damaged its reputation was people like William H. Mumler, yeah. who photographed Abraham Lincoln's widower and famously Abraham Lincoln stood behind her. Uh, and... And there was a massive court case and there was plenty of these people going around, these photographers going around producing spirit photography. And a lot of it was, you know, explained away or some form of fraudulence was found. And I think that heavily damaged spiritualism as a movement in the USA. Yeah. And obviously this brings us to the next stage, I suppose. The Fox sisters, fame and success came, but it came at a cost. They were yeah. accused of fraud. They were allegedly exposed by a group of skeptics. I think the most tragic thing for me is obviously all of this kicked off when they were children. Mm-hmm. And you've got a situation where uh, you've got Kate and you've got Maggie and they joined their older sister, but all of them didn't have very long standing relationships. And, and Maggie was actually, I think she became, was she, did she become the alcoholic, I think? Yes. Yes. Oh, in fact, both of them did. Yeah, actually, no, it, yeah, it was both of them. Just, yeah. Kate was drinking too much that she couldn't properly care for her children. And Margareta, she, again, she had a, a real uh, uh, drinking problem. And not only that, but they also fell out with Leah, the older sister as well. I mean, ter- I mean, it is a terrible cost, absolute terrible cost that, you know, they were yeah. thrust. I suppose it's a bit like today's influences in a way. You know, 11 and 14 year old and then being thrust into this uh, infamy, I suppose, um, uh, for the next sort of 20 years or so must have took its toll for sure. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, I think there was the the questionable, you know, are you saying that Christianity Methodist, you know, is that wrong? Have I been doing the wrong thing all my life? And people don't want change, you know, so you had and funny enough is men. You know, they were all, oh, this it must be false, let's coerce her. They paid her money to say she was, that she made it up. They gave her alcohol, you know, and uh, and the accusations, you know, anything from clicking, to- clicking their knuckles, banging apples against the walls, all, there's just all sorts of coming out, which is none of it's been proven as, you know, as in that's what's, that's what's happened. It's okay saying I can make a rapping noise, but what happens if somebody says, oh, all right, then what, what is my great-grandmother's maiden name? And they spell it out with rapping. 
the fact that it's right, how does that, you know, yeah, I'll just crack my knuckles but give the right information. It just doesn't seem plausible. The, the, pro- the problem is, is we're dealing with two alcoholics. Well, they're living in terrible situations. So they've gone from fame. They've started losing that fame. And then they they get offered a th- $1,500 in 1888, mm. which must have been a huge amount of money. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, how much how much would that be worth today? I mean, I'm just having a look now, actually. Well, I'm yeah. cheating. Uh, no, but guess how much it guess how much it would have been worth. One thousand five hundred in today's money would have been worth forty seven thousand dollars. So so I mean it was a huge amount of money. You've got two people who were um, I don't want to say down and out, but they were certainly living in 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 fairly poor conditions. Yeah. yeah. They get offered that amount of money and then they they then say, Yeah. It was all faked. We could do it by swishing our fingers, clip mitt. Our knuckles and joints could be done. Skeptics say, "Oh yeah, we tested them by putting their feet on a cushion, and the sound yeah. was never the sound would not could not be heard. The sound could. I mean, I mean, I mean, this is what gets me is is apparently Kay demonstrates this to a, a huge um, uh, the New York Academy of Music in front of an audience of two thousand. Apparently." That the knocks coming from her, from her ankles or, or knuckles, could be heard through, throughout the theatre. Yeah, and I'm thinking, that. how is that possible? I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the thing to me is, all of this sounds like a setup. It just doesn't sound right that a woman could sit there, crack her her feet on command consistently, and it would sound like knocks, and it would be heard right at the back of the theatre. Yeah. I mean, does that sound plausible nope. to you? No, it doesn't. But, you know, spirit, spirit have the capability and however it is given, you know, like a voice box, for instance, a ectoplasmic one, where they can make a sound appear from midair, you know, well away from the uh, from the medium. Well, my point is, is I don't think she could make a noise loud oh, enough no, for no. that. That's what I mean is, is, is that... Yeah. They're saying that she could do it on command, and when she did it on command, the sound was that loud. It could. Yeah. Now, to me, I don't think I don't think that's possible. Yeah. I, I think if if you took me to Drury Lane and you said crack your fingers or or, it would not be heard in the eaves. It wouldn't be heard in the eaves. You know that, on the top level of the theatre, it won't, just simply wouldn't happen. And to me, it suggests that let let's say you know, again, I I think I mean, this sums up the paranormal. Is it starts off with something real, something something really was happening, you know. There, there was something happening, something triggered this off. It built and built and built. And then at some point, the fame, the, the alcoholism, that all goes into that. And maybe it was that need to perform for people took over. Yes. And I, I reckon that that's what was happening there. And I think the time they were getting exposed, because now don't forget, some of the biggest hoaxes in the world are the skeptics themselves. And I will stand by that. You, Harry Houdini used to fake yes. things. And I, I've known skeptics in, in the UK, and I can't name them, but I know for a fact where they've lied about their scientific experiments or, or, or let's just say, not told you the bigger picture. I reckon this is what we're dealing with here, is when she did that demonstration, there was an amplification of, of the knocks and bangs to, to try and 
denounce it as as an absolute falsehood. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. And all I was trying to put over is that Spinney can do that anyway. They can help a person genuinely check the voice, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's, I mean, certainly with Enfield, you know, kind of the, the voice is, is projected. And, and if in Enfield's case, the girl was talking, Janet was talking for four or five hours in this gruff male voice. And if somebody did that in real life, they wouldn't it'd ruin the throat, you know. It would just scratch the throat to bits and they wouldn't yeah. be able to talk. Whereas she could just talk normally after after that period of time without even a voice cracking. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean interesting thing is for me is 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 obviously Kate and Margarita do come over to the UK and and they're actually tested by uh William Crooks, who is obviously if anybody listens to our podcast regularly will know that Ian's spirit guide is William uh, William Crooks. He tested Kate and 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 it's obviously down in multiple sources that William tested Kate and found her to be truthful and that the experience he had was that she that she had a real mediumistic skill, I suppose. Yeah. Now people say, well William sorry about this William, but William <laughs> people say that William was gullible, but I can't imagine a scientist like William Crooks being gullible when when testing mediumship. I mean, what, have you ever talked to William about this? Well, he was just mentioning there, say, there's nothing I've not heard before, you know, when he was about that, because he was asked to investigate spiritualism because of his due diligence in the way that he performed his scientific experiments. He, he would do the test, you know, 100 times if that's what he called for. But not once did he did he say, "Oh, it's not going to happen." It is happening. He just ob he just observed, and sadly, that's what's missing today is what he's just said. And he he was very involved with Katie King. He was very involved in Daniel Stunglass Hume, you know, and all of this. And he and he was stating there's an energy there that cannot necessarily be seen. However, the interactions prove it is there. You can reference it to science looking for verb dark matter. They know it's there. There's no proof to say it is. So it's it's speculation on their side, you know. But I think in I think in all honesty, like now when you when you when you go back to Elizabeth Maria Hayden, she worked in the same way as the Fox sisters did. She would sit across the room, she'd be reading a book. Um, the person who she was doing the reading for was told to have um to have a card or something that would block what they were writing on their paper. And they would ask a question by writing it down, not voicing it. And then the raps would give an answer. You know, there was one, and this is in the book, in one of the volumes of Arthur Conan Doyle's History of Spiritualism. And one of the, there's a gentleman, where was I yesterday evening? And it told you where at the residence of blah, 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 the first names, surnames of all the people who were there and the actual street, you know, the house number, everything. And that was given from raps. Well, well, Elizabeth was reading a book, you know, so it's the same way to an, to an extent of how the Fox sisters were reading. Yeah. Again, this comes back to what I was saying earlier, is that often the, the problem is, is the references that you're reading online yes, of often course. leave huge amounts of evidence off there just to make a particular point. So especially... You know, kind of one of the biggest things that is is sort of leveraged against William uh, is is this relationship with Florence Cook, 
and and Katie King, um, I, I suppose, like a spirit guide. And they say there was some sort of relationship there. But, you know, I mean, we're dealing with a man, you know, kind of a man of science here who it's about experimentation. It's about exploration. And I think I think one thing I would say about all these people is, is William put his head up above the the parapets, I suppose. Yeah. And he decided to investigate something that was not only of general interest to just the common person as such. It was a interest, you know, even to people like Queen Victoria, you know, people really got into spiritualism and, and you know, he looked into that. And, yeah. and and I think whatever you think about William Crooks, you've got to think this was a guy who, along with uh, Oliver Lodge, you mm-hmm. know, they, they decided to put the name on on the line as such. They started SPR, you know, they were heavily involved in, you know, certainly, you know, the Ghost Club and, you know. All of, all of these people, including the Fox sisters, you know, kind of they got the whole thing moving, shall we say? Yes. And and I, and and to me, I'm not bothered really if they were fake or not because I know that it it changed the mindset of of humanity as such. Not yeah. only did it have a positive effect in bringing people together to deal with issues outside of spiritualism, but also as well as it kind of it nudged a long way we were from a spiritual perspective as well. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, think about it, some very, very good points there, Martin. It wasn't, you know, if you think about it, in 1848, everything became mechanised. And then you're looking at the Battle of the Somme and there was, there was what, almost two, three hundred thousand people killed in amount of times to do a car car service you know through automation of arms and uh, munitions um so i think it was there to, to help keep up with the very drastic change in times it wasn't long after world war one and two it does make you wonder and that's a really interesting point is as a society would we have been able to move along psychologically if there wasn't that undercurrent belief that that the spirit lives on mm-hmm. yeah uh, do you know how different? How differently would society have been if we didn't have that movement or the, the spiritualist movement at that time? I think we'd all be called George Orwell. <laughs> yeah, we would. He would. But I, I, again, this is this is what I keep saying to people. I mean, even even if you just look at spiritualism, how it how it acts as a social a social history. Yes. How it became a part of the embroidery that weaved itself into the suffragettes. You know, so I believe a couple of the suffragettes were spiritualists. You know, it weaved itself into all the fabric of society, it helped move on humanity at that particular time. And, and maybe there is evidence there that after the horrors of World War One, after the millions of people who died, then maybe it was there as that sort of cushion for yeah. for, for for humanity. That and, and it doesn't matter whether Kate and, and Margareta were fakes, but what it did do is, for this last 175 years, it's got it's got mankind through some of the darkest periods of of yeah. its history. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, that that was a really fascinating one, Ian. It's it was a fascinating um, one. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's good because we come at it in a slightly different angles at times, and uh, very some very good points. Have a read of that article if you get a chance, Martin. It gives uh, a little bit about the grandmother and. Uh, a lot of little bits I've never even knew, you know. So I've, I've found it interesting. 
I'll share that with uh, our listeners as well. So, okay. uh, but if anybody wants to ask us any questions about the Fox Sisters, or if you've got any thoughts about Fox Sisters and the birth of spiritualism, please let us know. We we are really interested in what people's thoughts are because obviously we're heavily involved in the subject and and i think for me it's it's kind of it's always interesting to see how what people's take are and, and what i would hate is that if people completely uh, rubbished kate and, and margarita and, and and leah i suppose and and just said they were just a bunch of fakes because i certainly feel that it were far 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 more something else was happening and if anything it kind of gave us evidence that that when it comes to poltergeist activity and also when it comes to interaction with ghosts or spirit, then you know that there is a slight yeah. pattern there that we that will give us a sign of you know how spirits are interacting. Williams just added they acted, they both acted with integrity throughout. I think that's uh, a good time to end. So thank you very much, William. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And uh, please let us know your thoughts on the Fox Sisters. And thank you to Ian as well for, for recording again. It's always great to chat to you about spiritualism and, uh, and mediumship. Yeah, um, I'd like to add as well, you know, thank you. It's a nice uh, discussion talk. It, was, it gives me a, a few things to open up into. I would recommend the... Um, History of Specialism by Arthur Conan Doyle. It's in two volumes. 1920 it was first published, republished since 1970. Interesting, if you've got any any questions or topics you'd like to cover within the remit of what we do, please ask. Absolutely. So this has been Mediums in Action with me, Martin Litt-Wilson, and expert medium and my good buddy, Ian Doherty. Thank you, Martin. Thank you.